Man, oh man, do we as MMA fans just love to buy into some fighter hype. We don't even need for them to have done that much either. In fact, today's list will be proof of that because we're going to be looking at fighters who garnered massive hype from we the fans in incredibly short amounts of time. Some of these unproven prospects would go on to be as great as we thought they were, others not so much. But what they all have in common is that we were all aboard almost instantly and ready to crown these fighters as the next big thing in the sport. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and these are the 10 quickest MMA hype trains. A note before we start, these are all fighters who were relatively obscure to the general MMA audience. So yes, some of them were well known on the regional scene, but the average UFC fan isn't aware of those shows. It's also why types like Brock Lesnar don't appear as they were too well known and brought their own hype with them. Alright, let's get started with number 10, Forrest Griffin. It's truly remarkable that a single bout could be so pivotal a moment to not only a fighter, but the entire sport. What can be said about Forrest Griffin versus Stefan Bonner at the Tough One finale that's not already been said before? The fight's been inducted into the UFC. Hall of Fame. We all know the story about how it essentially saved the promotion and created a boom of popularity in the United States for the sport. What it did for Forrest Griffin, though, is make him one of MMA's biggest attractions almost instantly. Interestingly enough, despite Bonner being right there in the fight and also earning a contract despite losing, it was Griffin who skyrocketed in popularity, in large part because he was a very likable guy. Forrest was your everyman type, at least in personality. Physically, he was an absolute monster. But his never-give-up hard-charging style and humble self deprecating humor went a long way with fans. People are like, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to keep fighting if you lose the Tito. And yes, I am. I'm just going to retire from life. It didn't hurt that we got to know him on Tough as well. Griffin would appear on the poster for his first proper card in the promotion, UFC 53, if that tells you anything. He would defeat Bill Mahood in under three minutes. At UFC 55, he was now the feature bout and again made the poster. Again, he got a first round finish. The massive hype around Forrest would see him square off with the returning former champion Tito Ortiz after just two bouts in the promotion at UFC 59 as the co-main event, and that bout was the entire reason that show sold nearly 500k buys. A narrow loss and a fight of the night cemented Griffin's place, and the hype would only grow from there on his way to UFC gold. Number 9. Rory McDonald Joe Rogan is tremendous at building hype for a fighter. Legit. And the one thing he always said about Rory McDonald early in his UFC career that got me excited was that Rory didn't start training from other disciplines. He wasn't a wrestler or a boxer that came to MMA. At 16, he started training specifically to be a cage fighter. Now, who the hell knows what they want to be at 16 and actually ends up being that thing? Not many people, but Rory McDonald was one of them. Joe called him the new breed in the sport, that all fighters would start like him in the future. But that was not the only intriguing thing about Rory Mack. The biggest hype came from the fact that he was the heir apparent to the Canadian MMA throne, joining TriStar Gym 2 fights into his UFC career. He was Georges St. Pierre's protege, built in his image to take over GSP's welterweight dynasty when he finally stepped down. His first fight after joining them, he ragdolled Nate Diaz, and from there it was off to the races. We didn't know when, but we all knew in time McDonald would overtake the welterweight division and reign for years and years to come after GSP. Of course, that didn't end up happening, but everybody was right about Rory being damn good. And while he came up short in his only UFC title fight against Robbie Lawler, he would go on to be Bellator welterweight champion. For now, the Canadian MMA throne sits dormant. I'm pulling for Tanner Bozer to take it, though. Number 8. Sean O'Malley If there's one thing the UFC knows how to do, it's build up new talent with showcases like Tough and now the Contender Series. There's no greater example of that from the latter than Sugar Sean O'Malley. It was the second week of Season 1, when O'Malley had a wild bout with Alfred Kosekian that ended with Sean getting the walk-off KO in the first round, before hopping up on the cage, looking over at Dan 
Dana White and yelling, Welcome to the Sugar Show! That was pretty much all anybody needed. The dude liked to bang, he had a unique style, he had charisma, he was unbeaten. What more could fans want? The hype began then and there. O'Malley was the standout talent from the season, and between that and his excellent use of social media, fans were jacked about his debut. He would in fact be the co-main event for the Tough 26 finale. Sean would win a hard-fought decision, and DC would note how crazy it was to see a reaction like that for a debuting fighter. UFC 222 would mark the next big moment for the Sugar Show. He was the talk of fight week and served as the feature bout in a fight of the night effort that saw O'Malley injure his leg but rally for the win. Post-fight while laying on the ground, Sean would profess his love for Joe Rogan, and it was just one of those moments that really sticks with you. I fucking love you, Joe Rogan. Well, I fucking love you too, buddy. Fans ate it up, and O'Malley was rolling. That was until Insac and USADA kept the prospects sidelined for two years. But even that didn't stop the hype train, especially when he returned with back-to-back first-round finishes that earned performance bonuses. Now 7-1 and one in the UFC, Sean is just about to break into the big time, and largely the hype remains. Number 7. Uriah Hall Before the Contender Series, it was the ultimate fighter that could certainly garner some buzz for an unknown athlete. And while guys like Felipe Nova were certainly thrust into the hype machine because of the show, nobody ended up looking like more of a world champion before they even had their first official bout in the UFC than Uriah Hall during Tough Season 17. The editing of the show made it seem as if all the other contestants had been placed in a house with an actual Terminator. Before his preliminary round bout with Adam Sella, Dana White teased that we were going to witness the most devastating knockout in the history of the show. But the way he talked about it, it might as well have been in the history of human existence. And truth be told, the spinning hook kick finish from Hall is one of the most spectacular and terrifying of all time. Next fight in eight seconds, he puts away Bubba McDaniels. He looked absolutely unbeatable. Last fight before the finale, Uriah fights Dylan Andrews and basically KOs him from his back on the ground. Again, Dana freaks out. That's fucking illegal. Talks about how we have never seen anything like that in the history of mankind. My God, was the hype massive for Uriah Hall going into the finale. This little Kelvin Gastelum guy was going to beat him? No chance in hell. Hall was going to kick his head into orbit. But no, in what would be a recurring theme in his career, Calvin would surprise everyone and get the win. Uriah would lose his next bout in the promotion as well, stifling a bit of the hype. But to this day, fans will talk about the mythical tough version of Hall somehow returning to claim his middleweight title. Number 6. Paddy Pimblett. He's two wins into his UFC career, he's not fought a single opponent in the top 15, and he's talking about main eventing stadium shows. Now, that's a quick start to some hype. Paddy the Batty Pimblett has long been lauded on the UK MMA scene. He was a standout for Cage Warriors and won their featherweight title in 2016. The Batty who hails from Liverpool is a bit of a character, you might say. A bit of a showman. I'm a scouser. We don't get knocked out. And naturally, the comparisons to Conor McGregor have been a plenty given their backgrounds and ability to steal the show. Liverpool has proven to be a hotbed for MMA talent as of late, and their fans are ravenous. The recent UFC London Fight Night card felt like a damn pay-per-view, and not even like a regular one, but a big anniversary show like UFC 200. And in large part, Paddy was reason for that, with the place going absolutely mental when he scored his second first-round UFC victory. Whether the hype train will take Mr. Batty all the way to the top of the sport like his Cage Warrior counterpart Connor is yet to be seen. After all, he still has to win. But there was a similar sentiment about Mr. McGregor's hype early on as well. People wanted to know who has he beat? When's he gonna fight somebody proven at the top of the sport? Time will certainly tell, but Pimblet has the charisma, the fighting style, and the ravenous fan base to make a huge mark should he continue to succeed. Number 5. Aaron Pico How about the hype train starting years before the fighter's pro debut? When they're 18, no less. I have to hand it to Scott Coker, he knows how to build some intrigue. 
Aaron Pico was signed to a long-term Bellator contract right out of high school in 2014. Nike, fucking Nike, they dropped John Jones, but they signed Pico up that same year to a multi-year deal. Now, if you were like me when they announced this at the Bellator show, I was like, who the fuck is Aaron Pico? What kind of badass gets all this stuff and he's not even stepped into the cage? Well, the kid was a wrestling prodigy, had a ton of accolades and championships to his name, placed second in the 2016 US Olympic trials, and now he was going to take his talents to MMA. Not only that, but he was training at AKA. It looked like they were setting this teenager up to be the baddest MMA fighter of all time. Three full years after his signing, Pico finally made his debut. The hype was enormous, and he was subbed in 24 seconds. Oh boy, look, there was an insane amount of pressure on him in that moment. I mean, come on, he was 21 years old, it was his first pro bout. He would rebound with four straight first round finishes, indicating that the hype was certainly warranted. Aaron currently sits at 10-3, and three. he's in the Bellator featherweight top 5, he's still very new, 13 fights is nothing. And at 25 years old, there's a good chance the best of Aaron Pico is very much yet to come. See, listen to me, I'm still on board the hype train. Number 4, Hamzat Shemaev. Wow, was the hype insanely fast for Hamzat Shemaev, but who could blame us? Never has someone so easily and so quickly looked like a destroyer of worlds. Everything about his first few months in the UFC just skyrocketed him to a place where people were talking about a potential run as both the middleweight and welterweight champion. I mean, that is hype. The Chechen Wolf certainly impressed in his UFC debut on the Fight Island 1 prelims, a second round submission of John Phillips that would earn him a performance of the night bonus. Just 10 days later, the fastest turnaround in the modern era of the sport, the madman, he did it again. This time at welterweight, scoring a first round TKO over Reese McGee. By that point, everybody was wondering, who is this scary ass dude with the Habib beard? He can wrestle, he can sub you, he can knock you out. Suddenly, Chimaev was the story of the whole damn Fight Island run of shows. That September, he went stateside, and before he KO'd GM3 in just 17 seconds for his third performance bonus in three fights, Dana White announced he'd already booked his next fight, and it was going to be against multiple-time title contender Damian Maya. That fight fell through, but then Hamzat was booked to fight Leon Edwards, a guy who 100% should have been fighting for the welterweight title. Now, that fell through too, and Chimaev was sidelined because of COVID. It's crazy to think where his career would be all ready had he not gotten sick. It's a remarkable build. And remember, this isn't Brock Lesnar who came in famous. Hamzat started from zero. It's pretty damn incredible and some of the fastest hype that's ever come to a fighter. His insane battle with Gilbert Burns at UFC 273, his first real test, he passed to some with flying colors, to others not so much, but that only tells you how massive his hype has been, that having an actual fight with a recent title contender seems somehow less than what we've come to expect. This is a hype train that doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. Number 3. Todd Duffy The formula for Todd Duffy hype was simple. Huge muscle man do fast knockout. That's it, that's all it took. Duffy had the look, there was no doubt about that. It was like Thanos and Ivan Drago had their DNA combined to form exactly what someone who doesn't watch MMA would imagine the perfect fighter to look like. In his promotional debut at UFC 102, he brutally KO'd Tim Hagen record time. Seven seconds. It's still the fastest finish in heavyweight history, and that happened 13 years ago. So, big scary guy, big scary knockout, all aboard the hype train. Joe Rogan called him the new breed of heavyweight. Not to mention this guy was unbeaten at 6-0, he was only 23 years old. It was like, holy shit, the future of the sport had just entered the big time. Who could possibly beat this monster we'd only seen seven full seconds of in the octagon? As it turns out, this guy, Mike Russo. He was the perfect hype derailer with his modest everyman build and a chin made of goddamn vibranium. Russo weathered the first two rounds and put Duffy out cold in the third in an unbelievable comeback victory 
injury, that would end up being the end of Todd's first UFC run. Off the hype though, he did get a title bout with the Ream in Dream, but that ended in just 19 seconds. Duffy's made sporadic appearances in the UFC since, but has struggled to get anything going due to a myriad of health issues and injuries. Number 2. BJ Penn How insane was the fervor over young BJ Penn's greatness? He was the favorite going into his UFC lightweight title challenge against Jens Pulver, and he'd only ever had three professional bouts. That's it, just three pro bouts. And he wasn't a slight favorite. He was a massive one. He was expected to absolutely railroad champion Pulver. Again, just three professional bouts. Now, of course, there's a bit more to the hype than that. Penn came into the sport having been the first non-Brazilian ever to win a World Jiu-Jitsu Championship in the Black Belt Division in 2000. So he was a ground ace right out of the gate. Nobody could refute that. But then a 22-year-old baby Jay comes into the UFC for his first ever professional bouts and fires off three straight first-round KOTKO victories. Oh shit, so not only is this guy better than everybody on the ground, he's an absolute murder machine on the feet. Fans in 2001, they couldn't even wrap their damn heads around it. This guy was truly the prodigy. He was the future of the sport. His third win against Kao Uno, that only took him 11 seconds and it was a title eliminator. So yeah, everybody thought Jens Pulver was going to get completely outclassed. On that day, he proved everybody in the sport wrong with an all-time great performance and Penn may have come up short, but the hype was obviously absolutely warranted as he would go on to be a legend in the sport. Number one, Conor McGregor. Imagine in just four fights becoming not just a hyped prospect, but people are looking at you like you might be one of the biggest stars the sport has ever seen. It's crazy to think, but by the time Conor fought Dennis Seaver in Boston, his fifth UFC bout, he was pretty much bordering on megastar status. His interim featherweight title fight with replacement Chad Mendez at UFC 189 nearly sold a million buys, and that is absolutely attributed to Conor. That card sells 500k at best without him. And after that win, forget about it, McGregor was basically a god. So how the hell did we get there so fast? Well, the dude debuted on the Facebook prelims of UFC Sweden. Not exactly prime real estate to make an impact, but the large Irish fan base he'd garnered in Cage Warriors traveled well, and they would show up in droves for the card. He TKO'd Marcus Brimich, gave the 60 G's baby speech. Dana, 60 G's baby! And just like that, suddenly everybody was talking about Conor McGregor. What prelim debuting fighter gets that much attention at the event's post-fight press conference? He stole the show. His second fight in Boston, a genius move by the UFC, very large Irish population there. The crowd absolutely lost their shit for Conor as he beat Max Holloway. Then they do the Dublin card, and he's the headliner. It's his third fight, he's the headliner in a city that was specifically chosen for him. It was clear by the time he walked out for that show that this this guy was something different in every aspect of the fight game. His talk. I'm a TV with one channel, the Victory Channel, and the remote is broke. The way he carried himself, the custom suits. If he could back it up in the cage, he was going to be a massive star. And that was the sentiment at the time. The first Poirier fight felt like a pay-per-view feature. In fact, Connor was on the damn poster for the event. And like I said, by the time he fought Seaver, it was already clear. Now, not everybody was sold on Connor. He would eventually have to prove himself, but there's no denying the hype built faster and bigger than anything we have ever seen before. I'm Bailey from Around Point, and yes, we are finally here in our brand new office. Let's go check it out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to our MMA Challenge of the Week. Today, I'm joined by the greatest referee in the world, Mr. Mark Goddard. I would, I would punch him straight in the back of the fucking head. 
That's right, a brand new channel with brand new content. Welcome to Fight Front, the home of personality-driven MMA. Today, it's an MMA challenge where I take the worst-rated UFC character in UFC Undisputed 3 all the way to the heavyweight championship of the world. And I'm reacting to Colin McGregor. Make sure you scroll on down and hit subscribe because you do not want to miss all the new content coming your way on this brand new channel. And hey, it's me, Tommy Toehold, and I'm rolling around on a damn monitor. Big ol' shout out to my dude Luke Taylor for editing this video together. You can find him and his awesome digital art on Twitter at CoolToMe underscore. A big, big thank you to Ben Rosette, who provided that sweet tune you heard in the intro. Check out his music by clicking the link in the description and go give him a follow on his Instagram and Twitter page at Ben Rosette. Thanks for watching. Please give us a like and subscribe. We've got three new videos or more for you every single week. Let us know what you thought of the video in the comments below. Follow On Point MMA on Twitter and have yourself a wonderful day.